There is this outward expression of hope. There is this inward expression of hope. And then there was this upward expression of hope. James 1, 1 and 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So what does this hope through faith give us? First of all, hope is expressed outwardly. Paul says that God being our hope will fill you with all joy. Joy conveys this whole thing of something that is inside of you that nothing can can touch and is expressed. It comes out. You know that favorite team that you cheer for, that favorite thing that you like. I don't know if you watched the ladies play soccer the other night, the U.S. team. We was cheering for them. When they made the goal, we didn't know if they are going to make a goal or not. We cheered for them. Yay! Joy in Christ and God is expressed outwardly. We don't have to walk around with frowns on our faces, but we can still smile and, and have the joy of the Lord when we have faith that gives us hope. Secondly, hope is experienced inwardly. It says not only joy that comes out of us, but he talks about peace inwardly. How can you and I be going through some terrible times in our lives and still have peace? It's because of our hope and faith in Christ. In Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4, the word of God says, Thou will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because you trust in thee. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Peace, 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 peace. Or you go to Philippians. And in Philippians, we're reminded there in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where it talks about this great peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Verse 7 is key. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Believer, Christian today, I'm just trying to encourage us that we don't have to fret. Our world is falling apart. There's so much stuff going on in our world that if, you, if we focus so much on it, it'll drive us crazy. But hope and faith in Christ and God gives us this peace that God is in control of everything, that he's sovereign, he's providential, and he's holding all these things together. And therefore, we have the confidence that God's going to work it all out. Remember the disciples who were troubled about things in their life. And in John 16, 33, Jesus tried to calm their spirit. He said in Psalm and John 16, I have said these things to you 
that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer or take courage. I have overcome the world. Wow. I want to share with you a story that drives home this point about peace and joy and it's through faith. See, we have to have faith. Not only talks about joy here, but he talks about peace and it's believing. Hope is established upwardly because of, of, of believing. We must believe in Christ. We must believe in his provisions. As Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some time ago, this is a true, true story. There was a TV producer who wanted to create this special program tracking the experience of cancer patients. They studied three different families. And two of the patients were men and one was a woman. And they were capturing their their life on film. And as they walked through these different uh, lives with these people in their different stages of cancer, they came across some interesting things because they all had discovered they had cancer. And the initial shock and disbelief and the fear and the anger, all of this was a part of their lives and they were recording this. And following these three families, they saw how and two of these families, things began to break down. These people who were facing this horrible disease, some of them, they were, they were reacting with bitterness and anger. They were not only fighting the disease, but they were fighting in their families, in their relationships, in their marriages. Life was quite difficult for them. And then they began to focus on this one, this one man, this third person. This guy was pretty humble, but the difference is he knew the Lord. And they began to talk about how this man dealt with this differently. It said he had a love for the Lord that was so profound and it reflected in everything he said. When him and his wife were told that he only had a few months to live, it didn't produce any kind of panic in his life. After talking to the doctor and seeing what was going on, the camera shows as they go to their car and as they depart from the clinic, it centers in on what they're doing. And they sat in their car and they captured this moment while these two people just prayed. He prayed. He was not oblivious to the, this situation in his life. He was not in denial, but he just gave it to the Lord. And he said, Lord, you, you take over this thing in my life. Then as it goes on, it shows his last thing. He's in church for the last Sunday. And it allowed him to speak. 
And someone said, how are you dealing with all of this? And he said these words. Some of you have asked me, am I mad at God for this disease that has taken over my body? He said, I tell you honestly that I have nothing but love in my heart for my Lord. He didn't do this to me. We live in a sinful world where sickness and death are the curse men has brought upon himself. But he says, listen to me, I'm going to a better place where there is no more tears, no more suffering, no more heartache, no more pain. So don't feel bad for me. And then he ended his little talk with a little song. Called, I will trust in the Lord. He said, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord till I die. You see, true hope in God allows us to not only remember that God is our hope, but it also helps us have hope through faith in Christ. That's what sustains us. That's what enables us to keep on going. Lastly, Paul writes, he writes here, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The third thing is we can rejoice that God provides hope. By the Spirit. I like what Thomas Menton said. What an excellent ground of hope and confidence when we reflect upon these three things in prayer. The Father's love, the Son's merit, and the Spirit's power. How do we hold it together in a crazy, chaotic, darkened world? We rely and trust on the spirit of God that enables us, that empowers us to see things the way we ought to see them, to keep on keeping on. In other words, we need to marvel at the power of God's hope. You see, our, our hope comes through the scriptures. Earlier in Romans, in Romans 15, verse 4, Paul wrote this. For whatever was written in former days were written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. It is in the scriptures, it's through the word of God that we find the hope that we need to carry on. So if you're feeling hopeless and you're feeling down, I want to encourage you, open the Bible. Read his word. Look at the promises that are there. I'm reminded of what it says in Jeremiah 15, 16. And in Jeremiah 15, 16, it says, thy words were found and I did eat them. And they were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. 
For I'm called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. The scriptures. Paul is, is emphasizing now in his last phrase that the spirit of God works through the word of God to give to the believer the promises of God. That we're going to be all right. That we're able to make it. You see, in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, we, we see the power of the scriptures. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 16 and 17. Listen to this. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. He's pointing out to us the word, the word of God. He points out to us here that God has supplied for the believer for us to be able to abound through this power, through this dunamis power of the, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are several texts that remind us of what we have in Christ. For example, in 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 9, 8. We find the grace of God there. St. Corinthians um, 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich for your sake, he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And then you go over to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And Paul reminds us again about the power of God through the Spirit. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Say that you have an all sufficiency in all things at all times may abound in every good work. We've been given everything that we need to be victorious in the Christian life. So there's no reason for us to be down and out and have no hope. I love that passage in Romans 8. And in Romans 8. Talks about what can separate us. From the love of God. In Romans 8. Verses. 31 and following. Or 34 and following. Knowing all these things. We are more than conquerors. To those who love us. For I'm sure. That neither death. Nor life. Nor angels. Nor rulers. Nor Things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in this all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's the power that God has given. He's talking about the strength. He's talking about the strength. At times we like we lack strength. But in Philippians Three, 
20 and 21. We know about where we go. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. What a great reminder. What a great reminder. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, right? Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we can even ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. We've been given the power to help us make it through this life so we can rejoice. I want to end with some words from a pastor of old who, looking at the landscape of life and things, talked about this hope that's in Christ. This hope that's only found in Christ should give us joy, should give us resilience. It should give us hope. Listen to this as he comments on hope in Christ. His office is manifold. His promise is true. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word endures His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. He reigns in righteousness. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He says, you know, I wish I could really describe him to you, but he is indescribable because he's incomprehensible. He's irresistible and he's invincible. You can't get him off of your hands And you can't get him out of your mind. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. Herod tried to kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And thank God the grave couldn't hold him. There was there's nobody before him. Nobody will be after him. He had no predecessor and he has no successor. And you can't impeach him, and he's not going to resign. Put your hope in Christ. I thought, wow. That's what we have to remember. We have to remember, as he says, he is the mighty. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the conquerors. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader, leader, the leader of the legislator. He oversees the overcomers. He's the governor of the governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings, and he's the lord of lords. That's why we must place our hope in Christ, in God. So no matter what we're facing, what we're going through, remember to place our hope in Christ. Never ever forget who you have in Christ. 
because he is the most sufficient one that we have. Someone wrote about a small town in New England that was about to be relocated because it would be submerged underwater by a dam they were building. And in, in, in between this time, the town, this little quaint, cute town, became a town of despair, a, a town that had become run down and it was just raggedy. And someone was asking, why did this town become such an eyesore? What happened? One resident put it in perspective with these words as I close. This person said, where there is no faith in the future, there's no work in the present. We must always have hope in God. We must continue to work and labor for him to present the gospel to people all over the place. And we ourselves must keep going no matter how the landscape of things look. Hope in God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the reminder found in your word. Thank you for these wonderful people, this wonderful church, this wonderful pastor. Lord, continue to bless them, be with them all. And may our hope remain in you and not in things that we see around us happening, Lord. But may we be encouraged to always find our hope in Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.